Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tuned in to the Roto Experts. Good Thursday, everybody. It's the Roto Experts. Jake Seeley, Scott Engel, and Chris Meany. We continue to get you ready for fancy baseball drafts. A lot of fancy baseball talk today, including some more mid to late round pitchers, some news from spring, what it means, if it means anything at all. And the NFL has a new catch rule, Scott. They're trying to fix things, finally. Although, I don't think they did. Yeah, you look at the look at the way it's laid out on Twitter, though. It's still kind of confusing. Like, one of them... Oh, uh, hold on. Don't jump. Don't jump. Hold on a second. I'm going to lay it <laughs> out for everybody. I was just kind of, like, giving you a quick, quick, brief intro. That's all. That's not the way you made it sound, but uh, yes. Uh, good morning. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, Scott, you're still alive. Uh, you didn't get snowed in. Yeah, I, 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 well, you know, I work from home, and you know, the fridge was stocked and and everything. You know, we had anywhere between uh, between eight to nineteen inches, depending on where you were here in Queens. I think it was about a wow. foot. Wow, that's a big yeah. range. Yeah, Jake, what would you do with a foot of snow? <laughs> we had a foot of snow. And the city shut down for five days. City he, he, down. Would, city he would probably maybe. build a he probably build a stormtrooper. Yeah, but a second yeah a second storm though like oh you know, just shut down, shut for, down for five days. Yeah, I mean you might even be ten days. No, it was five days. Thank you very much. That's good enough. That's a, that's plenty. It is plenty. <laughs> that's more than most normal cities can handle because we don't ice the roads. We don't have anything to put down on the roads, and there's no plows anywhere. So. Yeah, that's why it ends up being shut down for five days. It's because nobody can still get anywhere because the snow's all sitting there. We have to wait for the snow to actually melt. I couldn't even get out of my neighborhood for four days. I had to take an Uber to my parents' house because I lost power. That's <laughs> rough. Dedication, though. It was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. But, yeah, I wasn't going to sit my – I thought I would power through it. I was like, you know what? It's... I got plenty of layers and clothes. I'll just sit in the house and watch stuff on my phone like Netflix or something. It got 50 degrees in the house. I'm like, yeah, when you're not moving around – and it's 50 degrees in your house. It's actually pretty damn cold. So I Ubered and got the hell out of there. But in any case. All right, Scott. Yeah. So what we were going to get to, let me read it for everybody that doesn't know. The NFL has already said weeks ago that they were going to change the catch rule. And the proposed, like the language so far, like this isn't the final say. They're still supposed to be voting on it. They're supposed to still be working on it. But what's proposed so far was tweeted by Al River 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 Ron. I don't even know how to say his last name because I've never seen that before. It's like River Ron, but without the yeah. second R. But in any case, says the competition committee recommendations on the catch rule. Number one, control. Okay, no problem there. Control. Number two, two feet down or another body part. That's even better in my opinion. Number three is where it kind of gets a little bit messy. A football move. So we're still including that, that hasn't gone anywhere, such as number one is a third step. Okay. Number two is reaching or extending for the line to gain. Okay. Number three, 
for the ability to perform such an act. What? Like, how do you like, interpret that? How do you, yeah. well, the guy on the bench has the ability to do that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> number, go back to number one, Scott. They still haven't defined what's control. Yeah. I mean, because no. that's, that's still wide open for the Des Bryant situation, Scott. Look at me start on the whole Des Bryant thing. I have a unique perspective on that. Oh, well, that's fine. But not. let's just let's just talk about the fact that you start with number one control is still super vague. And as you just said, anybody on the field at any given time, really number three, the ability to perform. You actually technically all of us doing the show right now have the ability to perform such an act. Not really. You know, with the way my back is at this point, I probably can't. I can't even hit anymore. So, you know. All that's gone by the board, but uh, I know what you're talking about in concept, but they haven't clarified anything. It's still very vague, especially the ability to do it. Anybody on the <laughs> field has the ability to do it. If you have the ball, you have the ability to do it. Yeah, that was it's my still first, confusing as hell. My first initial response was, well, first of all, control, fine. And I also have a question about what control means, too, because you know, I saw bits and pieces last year. You go to the Super Bowl and the Clement catch, I didn't think that that was complete control. The ball moved a little bit. So are they going to allow the ball moving just a little bit? Fine. It has to be consistent. And then what you guys are just talking about, number three, is just out to lunch. Like, what the hell does the ability to perform such an act even mean? So, No, um, it's not out to lunch. Lunch is clarified. <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah, a little bit more clarified than this. So yeah. there's, they're, at least they're working on it. They understand it's an issue. Uh, but... Yeah, they still have a long way to go. Yeah, that's, uh, I think what they're missing the point is, Scott, is that we're not complaining about it being too specific. Like, we want the specificity. We want them to say a third body part inc- includes an elbow, a forearm, and like, it's not the specific parts that we want or don't like. It's that it's so vague that there's all these interpretations. And that's what caused the problems. We want specific. Stop trying to be vague. Yeah, it's, we want everything. The problem up to now is it hasn't been specific. It's like, okay, right. you know, uh, okay, everybody, we'll just make it more vague or yeah. equally vague. And it's just making it worse. So, like, that's the point. Like, so, so control. Well, you know, that should be defined because now if you're on the field, you're going to have more situations. Honestly, I think this is a step back. Like, Adding in that whole the ability to perform such an act, like if this was actually if this is what they finally de- de- decide on going to next season, Chris, I think we're going to even have it a worse in a situation where all the referees are standing there and you get one game, it's a catch. The next game, you see the exact same thing and it's not a catch. That's what I mean. Like last year, there was a lot of that. Uh, I don't know where you guys stand, but I, again, I thought the Jesse James, I thought that that was a touchdown. Uh, I thought that the Ertz one was, and the again in the Super Bowl and Corey Clement I'm a little bit I didn't think that that was like the ball moved around and I've seen it not get called a touchdown before when the ball slightly moves so there has to be some consistency that I think has to be in the rule as well like if the ball is going to move just a little bit because a lot of the players have spoken up and they wanted to be like old school like if you catch the ball on the sidelines and it moves just a little bit on your way down out of bounds it's still a catch you caught the ball used to be a catch back in the day like Like, let's make it a catch Yeah, like the Benjamin one is a great example. That's another one. Like that like tell me that that wasn't a touchdown. I watched that. The yeah. Calvin Numerous Johnson times. one against the Bears. The Calvin Johnson one is where this all started, but I mean a lot of people spoke out, a lot of players, even defensive players in that football game spoke out and said, "I thought that that was a touchdown, the Calvin Benjamin one, yeah. and it should have been." So it's it's this still a gray area. It's still going to be a gray area and it's going to be confusing. 
Uh, see, I understand to this. Like, I understand why they're trying to include the football move part of it because they basically don't want, you know, number one and number two would be you catch the ball, you get two feet down, immediately blasted by a defender, and you drop it. You know, that's a fumble every single time. So I understand that they're trying to include three for that reason. Otherwise, fumbles will start going exceptionally high next year. But at the same time, then just get more specific with it. Like, stop leaving it so far open to interpretation. Like, perform such an act. Just take that out of there. Reaching, extending for the line to get – actually, reaching or extending for anything because if they're reaching, extending, trying to get out of bounds, that's not the line to gain. So you could just leave that. The third step, that's fine. But, like, those two were fine. You didn't need the third one or the ability to perform such an act. Because like, it just, just confuses us even more. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then define to us what control is. If control is control. The ball can't move at all is the control within your grasp as long as it's not touching the ground. Because to your point, Chris, I think that coupled with the two feet down should be kind of a combination thing and more specific. Like, you know, is the ball moving around before you get two feet down and then you get two feet down? All right, it's a catch. If the ball, you got two feet down and you're still juggling it, it's not a catch. Like, just clarify it for us. But there we go. We're probably going to be confused all year again. Yeah, Yeah. all year we're going to be talking about the same thing. It's just, it's so, it's it's annoying. Because we ask them to fix it, they say they want to fix it, and then they just go down the same road again. It's like, hey, I got a flat tire on my car. All right, well, we gave you this tire that has no treads on it. There you go. You're welcome. Like, that's just, you're not doing anything for us. All right. Let's, uh, so you know what we never talked about, Scott? We never talked about Tout Wars. We never talked about your team or my team no. or the drafts as a whole in general. So you were in the mixed auction. I was in the mixed head-to-head auction, which was points for everybody out there. You know what, before we run through your team, as some of your actual purchases what was the one thing that you like what was the takeaway that you noticed from the draft what was the takeaway that i noticed from the draft um i don't think it was a i think there was monster inflation last year and a lot of the top guys i think maybe it was a little bit lesser this year as in the the high-end stars you mean yeah the high-end stars was it just hitting or pitching as well? Because I'm looking right now, to your point, so you see Kershaw, Scherzer, and Sale were the only three starters to go for 40-plus. And then, yeah, there's no hitters. Only Oh, Mike Trout. Mike Trout was the only one that topped 50. Oh, he went all the way to 56, though. Good grief. Bryce Harper was 43. Best yeah, but was then 44. Jeff Zimmerman didn't hardly spend any money the rest of the way. And this is what yeah, happens. He spent so yeah. much right off the Zimmerman's a defending quiet. champ, and, like, he, his his mo was to always like wait for bargains, and that's the only time he he veered in a different direction. Well, that's because he had his foldable foldable whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris. <laughs> Whatever it takes. He, he actually had like he busted out like which you would see like a play chart for a coach on the sideline. Like it was about like a six by eight or no, like foot wise, was probably like three by four foldable whiteboard that like had positions and he flipped it over and it folded another direction. Like it was crazy. Prepared, came prepared. <laughs> That's the secret whiteboard. That's what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm taking a look at his team. I he definitely obviously spent a lot on Trout to put him in a in a tough spot. And Posey too. I know you guys are doing the drafts. I was just taking a look at some of the results. Uh, you know, on the I will never do that. Would you ever People do that? Spend it a lot on catchers. No, absolutely not. Like I would never. No. To me, I'm spending. I want to spend. A, we'll get into maybe Zanino in a little bit. Who's having a hot spring? But I don't want to spend double digit dollars on a catcher. 
I did. I did because I believe, like, if you get one of the top five but not overspend – I'll do it. I spent $14 on JT Romuto, but then I spent just a dollar on Brian McCann. So it evens itself out. You get a nice value yeah. in a second. Uh, yeah, I'm behind that. I mean, Romuto, too, is a guy who can you know touch all categories. Not a lot of catchers can. Oh, I thought you were continuing there, Chris. Sorry. That's it. <laughs> that's that's a, it. No, that's Strong it. statement. So, <laughs> so Al, I want to get you real quick talk about the catcher. So Al Melchior got the duo that I've gotten in a lot of leagues is the Alex Avila, Christian Vasquez, dollar-dollar catchers. What are your thoughts on those, Chris? Because I think I actually included Christian Vasquez in a lot of sleepers and ADPs. Like, I've been talking about him a lot this spring. I think he's one of the most undervalued players in fantasy, let alone just as catchers, because people don't realize he was catcher 17 last year playing just 90 games. Yeah, and the the thing I noticed with him too, he's so strong defensively. Like he's a really strong catcher defensively, frame as well, and that has slowed kind of Blake Swihart down a little bit from getting into the bigs. And people wonder if you know his how his path is because the Red Sox love Vasquez so much. So, I mean, I love the idea of of spending two bucks, like I just said, a couple dollars on a couple catchers and Vasquez, as you said, underrated. This is a two catcher league; you need them, <laughs> you need a second one. So I think that's fine for for two catchers and Avila. And he's got some power; he's got some pop to his bat, and, and he's going to be playing every know, day. It, He's going to be playing every day where he wasn't playing every day before uh, in Detroit. So you put him in Arizona. I know the humidor and, you know, the home runs are going to come down a little bit, but it, it still doesn't matter. It's a nice lineup. He's got some pop in his bat, and I love the price. Uh, I get behind those guys. What about you, Scott? If you hadn't got James McCann, Avia, Vasquez, those other guys. It, it was actually it was actually a McCann or Avia for me, and I, I slightly leaned towards McCann for a little bit more power upside, but they were all so close for me. I was splitting hairs there when I, I was trying to get my second catcher. Yeah, I just think, all right, let's, before we get back into your team some more and other things that happened in the draft, you brought him up. I had him on the show sheet to talk about, Chris, and that was Zanino, who's just been going bananas this spring. He had another two home runs yesterday. It's not a surprise. Zanino's always had the power. Zanino's also always hit like 210. 220 and struck out and just hasn't been the catcher we wanted to. But, oh, there's actually three home runs. Actually, I missed a third. Good grief. So, Zanino this year, Scott, do you think that this is potentially his real coming out party? Because last year, he kind of came out a little bit. Like, I mean, people had him inside. He was inside the top 10 at the end of the season. People started to jump on him after he started to produce in season. But is this the year that he potentially becomes that top five power hitting catcher and he's somebody to target? I think he's like more in that top 10 cusp. I, I know he's had a hot spring, and the power has always been there. But the Babip last year was 355, and then only boosted yeah. his, his average to just over 250. So while a lot of pure power is still there, you know, what, what are you going to get batting average-wise? I think it could be 230 with 30 homers, and I think you'll take that any time. Yeah, I think I think he would too. I mean, he walks a little bit, which is nice. You get a bit of a boost on base percentage, but the strikeout percentage for him is—I mean, he chases just about everything. Yeah, almost thirty-seven percent last year, and in the year before that, it was up at thirty-four. So, even which he hit two hundred seven that struck year. Out a lot. Yeah, and and you look at twenty fifteen in a in a small sample size, basically half a season, thirty-four percent strikeout rate, and he hit one seventy-four that year, and and his on-base percentage was two thirty, but. 
I, I, again, after the first couple catchers, what are you looking for here? You're looking for some upside. Someone's not going to kill you an average, but a lot of them basically are the same. This guy has some pop and, and some upside to hit you 30 bombs in a, another year that the Mariners lineup is improved. So I have no problem with Zanino. I wouldn't be shocked if he flirted with a top five, but I think a top 10 is, is definitely safe. Yeah, I like him in points leagues, but um, I, to what your point was and what Scott just said, he's definitely not in the top five for me. And if I'm drafting him, it's not going to be – how much did he go for in this draft? I know he – did he hit double digits, Scott? I'm trying to find him real, real quick. Yeah, he went to 11. $11. I'm not spending 11 on him because no. of what you just said. I, I don't think he's hitting 250 again. I think he's hitting 220. And then he does, to your point, Chris, <laughs> he wouldn't kill you in average if he was hitting 240, 250. But if he's hitting 220, he is going to for 450 at-bats. Yeah, and, and one thing I've noticed, I watch a lot of Mariner games. I'm an Angels guy. I see a lot of the West Coast games out here. And for Zuzino, Zunino, I mean, he gets into those slumps, like I said, where he just like strikes out a ton. And that average will kill yeah. you. But in a points league, it's a good call. He's like the golden sombrero king. But let's uh, hit a break here. We're going to continue to dive into the Tout Wars draft to see what we can learn from that for you guys and talk about more spring performances and undervalued pitchers potentially it's jake scott it's chris it's roto experts what if i were to tell you that there was a professional football league where you the fan got to draft the team and call the plays is that something you might be interested in the fan control football league is bringing managerial control to the fans visit fcfl.io to learn more <laughs> this is this is definitely some 8-bit music you can get to, Scott, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Little little kiss. 8-bit kiss. Looking forward yeah. to a big weekend, too, man. I'm going to go to the Gene Simmons Vault event here in New York New York City. Oh, big What's the Gene Simmons Vault event? Uh, Gene Simmons has released a vault of unreleased songs. It's an actual vault. And like uh, over 1,600. Yes. Over 1,600 songs. And... For two thousand dollars, you get to meet him, and uh, and uh, you know he does a Q and A and an acoustic set and all of that, and they're doing it in New York City this weekend. Oh, that'll be all right. That's pretty yeah. cool. GeneSimmonsVault dot com for you uh, diehard Kiss fans like me. The, the three of you out there. Yeah, I don't think so. More gold records than any other. I'm just uh, busting American you, Scott. Band. You know that. Yeah. Oh, you you, know, you, look what you started. You yeah. know, I'm just giving you a hard time. Another music Look, not, not everybody's a Star Wars fanatic like you. We like other things. You get, one of these days, you got to let that go. No, I'm not going to until you admit it. No, because you just drive We could talk how much about how much you love true. Daredevil. No, not even that either. So, <laughs> what I do love, hey, how about that? You like, you like that segue there, Scott? Is winning in fantasy yeah. baseball. If every, everybody listening wants to... Head over to RotoExperts.com, make your season a winning season, talk strategy in our premium RotoExperts Slack channel, and get that one-on-one feeling with our award-winning experts. Dominate your draft with the most accurate fantasy baseball rankings led by Scott, this guy, the King Angle, and myself. Also, Tim McCullough, high in the rankings last year, award-winning Tim McCullough. You get a draft package, cheat sheet generator, player projections, and much more. And that's not all. 
and get 20% off at DailyRoto.com and their DFS products, powered by millionaire maker winner Drew Dinkmeyer. If you go to RotoExperts.com front slash MLB18, today you'll save 10% off with the promo code FNTSY or the king or all in kids. So take your choices, whoever you like best. If you can't decide, just use the, the MLB18 one. Does that sound good, Scott? Is that fair? That's fair. Very fair. Right. That's I love fair. the idea of a chat. Eh? That's that's good for people. Yeah, the uh, all day Slack chat. All day Slack channel. Yeah. All day Slack channel. Yeah, I like it. So, three a.m. Edition. You're not going to get an answer, but you can leave a question. <laughs> <laughs> Although, well, do we I'm, have... usually, I'm usually oh, awake. Never, yeah, I was going to say you never know. Oh no, I was going to say, do we have anybody on the West Coast, Scott? Do we? That's what was going to be my question. I actually out of curiosity. I don't think we do. But I'm usually awake around that time. It's like around the time I wake up to like study for the shows. Yeah, you wake up way too damn early. That's yeah, for sure. No, you just wake up too late. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Six thirty. <laughs> I'm sure for most of America, it's probably like that's too early. <laughs> so nobody's getting up with you except for the owls. What time are you pass it out when you go? When you yeah, wake that's up why I'm three. in the position I am today. What time are you falling asleep when you wake up at three? Uh, I'll usually go to bed around maybe 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Yeah. So you'll just be able to catch I'll, the first, catch a little the first rest set of baseball games, too. and then you've got to get the nap, and the nap's key. Yeah, It is. Nothing like right. the, the old day nap. So, Scott, one of the players that you purchased is somebody else that I have on a lot of my teams so far. You took David Price for $16, and we've talked about him before, and we actually talked about him in the FST yesterday, but I want to get your thoughts behind Dev- David Price because I've been saying even in the limited injury-filled season he was last year, he was still David Price. It was still a low 3RA. The strikeouts were still there. I understand the concern of this guy has 200-plus innings from multiple seasons, and we're not just talking like 205. We're talking 230, 240 with playoffs and stuff like that. So I understand the hesitation where people are thinking, oh, my God, he might be Felix Hernandez, and he already hit the wall, and it's done, and it's over. But, again, I go back to the fact that even with the missed time, he was still David Price when he pitched. Is that your same thought, going to get him for 16? It's a good segue because I'm publishing my my Fantasy Baseball Insider report on rotoexperts.com this morning in the exclusive edge package about the Red Sox. And I spoke to the same guy who told me last year that Chris Sale was going to have his most monstrous season ever. And he told me that David Price may be in for a monster season this year for the Red Sox because he feels like he's very pissed off. He hasn't lived up to his contract the first two years. The first year he wasn't comfortable mentally in Boston. Last year he was, and then he got injured. He came back last year down the stretch, thrown with increased velocity. He said David Price wants to prove that he's going to live up to his contract. You are going to see the real David Price this year. Oh, baby, you got me fired up there a little bit. Um, David Price, for where he's going in the upside, we all know that he has the potential to be a top 10 pitcher. At least I feel that way. The caper the 9-9, he limits the walks, and he's just dominant. That time off, maybe it helped him a little bit. Maybe it helped the arm. And the biggest thing for me right now in spring is that he's thrown about 10 innings, and he's looked good in those 10 innings, and there's no talk about his arm at all. So this is positive. Yeah, I, I heard all those reports too, Scott, about, you know, David Price, and they bring in Chris Sale. You bring in another ace, less pressure on yourself. It's a great one-two punch. Uh, so for his upside, last year was a bit of a risk, of course, when hearing everything 
I I kind of faded him towards uh, you know in drafts, but this year I have no problem for where he's going, especially when you get into you know pitchers and he's he's flying off the board like pitcher thirty. Like give me the guy who finishes a top ten pitcher. That's David Price. Yeah, I got him. I got him for only sixteen dollars in Tout Wars. I was very excited with that. That's even yeah, better. It's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, and it they feel like it's going to be. A big year for him this season. Uh, it's, it's so far this spring, you mentioned like how he's performed so far this spring. This spring, he is actually uh, in nine innings. He's only allowed two hits, two runs, four hits, and he struck out nine. See, and that's that's what I'm talking about. He, he's still David Price. It's just everybody's so panicky over what happened last year. Is that like they like said reactionary? Yeah. Is that at least in the back of your mind at all? Because if you do look at David Price's career, he does have a ton of innings on that arm. He does, but he's only 32 years old, and he's not a running back. So uh, I don't think I'm too worried about it. <laughs> I, I'm not completely worried either because of just last year and the and the time off and some of the rest, and he was able to pitch towards the end of the season a little bit and just what I've seen so far in spring. Everyone's in the same situation. You know, 30 of the top 35 pitchers taken off the board last year, ADP, all spent time in the DL. Like, everybody is, is a risk, to be honest with you, with, with people out there. You, you're Every pitcher is basically a risk. You look at some of the guys up near the top who have, I mean, Clayton Kershaw has spent has had two lengthy DL stints because of back injuries. Nobody cares about spending $42 on that guy. I know he's the best pitcher in, in, in baseball in the world, maybe the, the greatest we've ever seen, some of us. But there's a risk with some of these pitchers. And if you're going to get David Price, you know, where you got him, Scott, in, in an auction of just, you know, under, what did you, 16 bucks? you said? 16. I mean, that's... That's that's awesome. To me, I think that's a, a great bargain and certainly worth the upside. There's going to be risk, of course, but it's worth it at that yeah. point. I mean, that's... He's essentially my third starter behind behind Robbie Ray and uh, and Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, he's seven dollars less than you, Darvish. He's a dollar more than James Paxton. And six behind Jose Quintana. So I think it's good value, especially because if he gets to 180 innings, he doesn't even need 200. If he gets to 180, mm-hmm. David Price yeah. is going to be a top 15 pitcher. Yeah, maybe you like top ten. Yeah, 180 is is perfect. If he can get there, you know, any owner should be loving 180 innings from Price this year. So Scott, something else I noticed, and this was both in your draft and mine, and there was a name that was tossed out there where the room kind of got quiet and uneasy. <laughs> it was Jonas Cespedes. We've already mm-hmm. talked about him, but now that we've had these drafts, I kind of want to get your thoughts. So Cespedes went to Derek Van Riper for 13 which is if he's Cespedes even 140 games, that's a value. In the mixed head-to-head points that I'm in, he only went for seven. And that's a 12-team league, mind you. And so everybody just kind of sat at the tables, and you could see it. It's the concern in the faces. Everybody's just kind of like, like, and the seven's even more scared to telling than the 13 is because 13's and 15, the seven's and 12, so you should understand the seven should actually be more than the, the league that's the 15. But anyway, that being said, are people too worried about Cespedes, or is this is this reasonable concern? It's reasonable concern. I remember reading an article from about a week ago from Kevin Kernan in the New York Post where he said one scout told him that said, as good as this guy is when he's healthy, 
there has to be concern about the injuries piling up with him. And when you look at a wrist injury, that's not good for a power hitter. So he went for $13 in our mixed auction, and certainly if injuries weren't concerned, you know he, he what he's capable of. Basically, he carried the Mets to an NL East pennant in 2015 on his back offensively. But this guy, they can't stay healthy. You know, The Mets tolerate all kinds of things with him, but because of how well he plays when he's in there. But you can't you can't rely on him being in there. Yeah, the Mets are oh, it's so unique when it comes to injuries. They're almost like a football team. Yeah, they've had a rough go, and they really have. I mean, their rotation over the past couple of years, you just mentioned the trip to the World Series. I mean, that rotation, too bad it can't you know, stay intact because I think it'd be you know, arguably the best in baseball. But for Cespedes, he's not on my radar. I have some issues. I'm a little scared of him, much like you know, some of these guys in the auction. But $7, I mean, I don't hate that. I, I, if I wouldn't be spending any more than ten because I do have some concerns, and it's it's a big enough sample size now over the past couple seasons. And Scott, you just mentioned a wrist injury for a hitter right off the get go to start your year. It's you're already behind the eight ball, and if he's going to continue to fall down draft boards, you take a flyer on it. But I don't expect a full season. It's it's maybe it's not fair to say, but I just don't expect it from him. When he plays, he's great. I'll play him at DFS all year when he's in the lineup, but I, I don't want to draft him. Now, another player, this one doesn't have injury concerns, and this is not the first time I've seen him go undervalued, and actually we talked about him during the break. And for $9 in the mixed head-to-head, or the mixed, yeah, the mixed 15-team auction, the mixed head-to-head for 5 to me, Chris, why does nobody want this terrific third baseman who crushed last year with 30-plus home runs, who has shown no signs of that being any different this year? Why does nobody want Travis Shaw? I don't know. Actually, you know, I was doing an auction with Joe Pizapia three weeks ago, and I got Travis Shaw for right around the same, and there was 15 teams in it. And I was thinking to myself, like, why doesn't anyone want this guy? And, you know, I had an extra middle corner infield spot or corner infield spot. 30 bombs last year. Okay, fine. Maybe he doesn't hit 30. I think he can hit 25. I, th- I still think he can, you know, repeat some of his numbers. He had, in A couple seasons ago, he hit 270. It's not like the 270 came out of nowhere. He had a good average in, in the minor leagues. And this lineup with Milwaukee is improved, especially off the top. You know, they bring in Yelich. They bring in Kane. Those are two good guys that's to lead off the top of the lineup. Then you're going to have a Shaw behind him or Ryan Braun, whatever you want to do. This is going to be a lineup that scores some runs. It's a good ballpark, too. So I don't understand. Shaw is a nice power hitter. If, you missing, if you're missing out on some power guys in the early parts of your draft, I mean, Shaw is a, is a great guy. I find some terrific value. I love that you got him for 5 bucks. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the thing with Shaw, I think why a lot of people don't want him is they they feel like the 31 home runs was such an outlier and an anomaly, especially when his HR to fly ball rate doubled last year. I think they're thinking maybe you're paying too much for 18 to 20 home runs and not don't expect 30 again. Well, even if that's all he gets. Yeah. Even if, say, even if he drops down to 20 at $5, that's still a ridiculous price for anybody who's going to hit 20. Well, let me yeah, ask you this. Eight. So a similar player in draft range that people are going for, would you guys rather have Travis Shaw or A. Eugenio Suarez? Oh, sorry, Chris. You know I have to do this. A. Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> so, yeah. Would you rather have Suarez or Travis Shaw? I would rather have Shaw. I would rather have, have Shaw. Better average, yeah, I w- better power, better RBIs. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would rather have him too. I thought. I think Eugenio is uh, definitely a good value for where he goes. Yeah, I agree. So I like two. him as well. 
But between the two, I would, I would lean Shaw. So they went for the same price in the mix head-to-head. And then I'm trying to find a Eugenio in your draft, Scott. Do you remember who took okay. him? Oh, $8. No. And Travis Shaw went for – let's try to find Travis Shaw now. It's like, where's Waldo? Let's <laughs> try to find these players. Where's Travis Shaw? Oh, he's in the – oh, he went for 9 So $8 for Suarez, 9 for Shaw in the mix. I'd See, that. I don't even think it should be that close. Although, yeah, I, I like Shaw a lot for nine dollars. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody I else, th- you know, thirty home runs. He might not be able to get to you, right, Scott? But tw- I think mid twenties is is a lot. Maybe some people All are right. feeling sixteen. You know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd take the way over on that. A big time bet. I put a lot of money on that. Can I get that bet in Vegas? Because I'll put money on it right now. There was also a stat don't. out there that he Six. hit three twenty eight against the shift. Well, that's a good thing. And I just don't think it's going to happen again. So one fantasy baseball analyst saying that. No, I mean, the fact is that they might not shift him as much because he, there's no stopping him. All right, no so how about for the same price? got four home runs in spring, by the way. <laughs> yeah. One more before we hit the break, Scott. S- similar player to A. Eugenio with a little bit more power because I'm talking about the average and the production. The, a- the average production is basically about the same. The power is a little bit bigger. You spent nine bucks on Jay Bruce coming back to the Mets, you think he could replicate? I mean, last year it was a career high in home runs despite the fact he was playing with the Mets. Yeah, you know, he got a bulk of that with the Mets. And, you know, at that point I, I needed some power to build on. And I figured, like, he's probably not going to hit any less than 32. It's just that natural power. He's comfortable in New York. He came back to New York. Not ideal for OBP, but I think uh, I, I think the, the, you know, the power run production is what it is. It's going to be 32-plus, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's a big enough sample size with Bruce as we're talking about Shaw here, right? Like the breakout season last year, you know, he showed signs right. a couple of years in the Boston. There's a big enough sample size with Bruce. You, you know what you're getting with him. Yeah. All right, so would you spend more on Bruce or more on Shaw, given one's a third base infield and the other one's outfielder? It really depends on my needs, but I want more power. I want 32-plus guaranteed, so I'll go Bruce. Same for you, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, slightly, but I just, for me, I mean, I'd look at shot in the five bucks, you know what I mean? I'd like to sit in the four. I think they're very similar. All right. We're hitting break. We're going to come back. More fancy baseball to get you ready for the season. It's Jake, Scott, and Chris. Muscle Maker Grill was made for baseball season. Muscle Maker Grill supplies you with delicious, healthy meals that will give you energy to cheer on your team week after week. Whether you're craving flavorful salad, packed wraps, or guiltless entrees, Muscle Maker Grill has you covered. Hosting a game? No problem. Our catering packages will have your whole team satisfied with flavors ranging from Italian to Tex-Mex and much, much more. Visit MuscleMakerGrill.com for your nearest location and have a winning season. Listening to this greatness that you put on. Thank you, sir. Sabotage is terrific. Sabotage makes everything better. 
agree. Pretty good. I don't know I if like you guys... Your, I like fight for your right to party. No, it's, it's quality. Sabotage is arguably... I was, and I said arguably, because it's opinion, as you always say, Scott, arguably their it's best objective. Song. Yeah, well, yeah. you think it's their best song. I like it. Chris? They have a couple, they have a couple beauties. You have a favorite? Um, it might be Sabotage, actually. <laughs> there's there's a, few, uh, a few good ones. I, I like She's On It. Oh, you know, I like, asked you to like, list their top ten songs. What's that? I asked you to list their top ten songs. You want to list their top ten songs? No, I said I didn't ask you to list their top ten songs. I was giving you a hard time. I mentioned time. two, so, you know, you get up with your math there. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were going down the list. You haven't finished no, yet. No, I get two. You're talking about our favorites. I don't care how many you like. It's your favorite. What is your favorite? I just said it, if you were listening. No, you said I, I like said, this, too. Fight for your right to party. Okay. No intergalactic planetary for either one of you guys? I don't even know that song. Is inter- I like that one a lot. I like that even if one. If I hear it, I don't I, know. If, I don't think I know it. Make some noise. Um, you know, Brass Monkey is pretty good. I can go through the list. Oh yeah, that's a good one, Brass Monkey. Yeah. Here's the perfect proof that it makes everything better. I don't know how this hasn't been taken down from YouTube, so you guys might want to go watch it before it does because I don't know how Disney and like Lucasfilm hasn't come after them for this, but somebody recut the solo preview. So, like, it's the trailer, but they mixed it around so it's not in the same order of scenes. And they put the song Sabotage behind it. So now it's the full trailer with Sabotage, but it's recut to the song, and it works out, like, perfect. Like, it makes the movie better. Just, like, go watch it after the show. I'm just I'm telling you guys to, right actually, now. Yeah. Let me right ask you this, right Jake. <laughs> yeah. real, real quick, give me your top three favorite uh, hip-hop acts of all time. Where did the, the Beasties hip hop? Yeah. Beastie Boys wouldn't even be in the top three. Really? Yeah. Who would be I your top three? Hip, well, I consider hip-hop with rap. All right, what are your ten you favorite, favorite three rap backs of all time? Well, Notorious. Yeah. Nas. Right. And probably Jay-Z for me. Old and Jay-Z. Beastie still not making, huh? No. What about I'd, you, Chris? Oh, Wu-Tang, of course. Yeah, if we- I included all of Wu-Tang, that'd be... Yeah, it wouldn't make it for me either. Uh, I'm Biggie. Biggie's number one for me. Uh, I like Nas as well. Um, I would, I would put, I would put Eminem in there. I'm, I'm a big Eminem guy. It's tough. I'm, old, like I'm old I like school. As well. I would go Run DMC, mm. Houdini, early LL Cool J. I like. You know what? I almost said LL too. I am a big Cool J guy. I was, I was actually yeah. listening to him yesterday. So. It's tough, man. Top three is tough. You gotta make it five. Uh, yeah. The more thinking about it, I would definitely I would I'd put Wu Tang over Jay Z for the listenability of repeats, like being able to listen over and over and over again. I get tired I liked of Jay Z. I liked Run DMC even before Walk This Way and King of Rock. Oh, yeah, well of Run course DMC that was like awesome. your your love fest is to have that happen, wasn't it? What? To have them do a rock what? combination song? I thought it was You're pretty huge cool rock when guy. it came out. Arrow, yeah. Aerosmith, well, I think you're pigeonholing me there, you know, but... Uh, I didn't say know, that's the only thing you listen to. I just said you're a huge <laughs> rock guy. No, I'm a huge Kiss guy. <laughs> Otherwise, my musical tastes are all over the map. Okay. It's like, if you listen to Mariah, what, Ka- my Mariah you Carey been, one minute, you know, Kiss What are you listening next. to right now, most most Mariah of the time? What's, tune. Like, what am I listening to? Well, it's always Kiss, but, like, out, outside of that, uh, God, I'm... 
I'm all over the place. I even listened to a little Ed Sheeran yesterday. Oh, what the hell? Yeah. Hey, it's, you know, mm-hmm. lots of varieties out there, Scott. You got to yeah. dabble in a little bit of everything. No, I'm concerned. Yeah, a little ZZ Top, you know. That's fine. Ed Sheeran is, yeah, that's not fine. I also, I also, my, talk about also, this, my, I love the Temptations. Well, that's fine. Ooh. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. All over um, the place. Ed Sheeran's another thing. All right. So before we get back into fantasy baseball, if you're also looking to get involved in DFS, go to fantasyfactor.com. Perfect fantasy, daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contest only. They always have fun contests going on, too. This year, Fantasy Factor is running a $100,000 home run derby. So make sure you go sign up and enter. It's fantasyfactor.com to go check that out. All right, back into this. What we started yesterday is the mid to late round pitchers. Let's get back into these. And Chris, Sean Manaya of the Oakland Athletics. You know, there's always pitchers to be found out in Oakland. Is Manaya the one this year? Is this the season where he finally comes to? Because I feel like we've been talking about Manaya for three years now. Yeah, we really have been. You know, we saw him come. We we seen him come onto the scene in 2016. Showed some real nice upside, some nice K upside. And much like a lot of these young pitchers we talked about yesterday, you're right. Is is control? It's that's that's the biggest thing. Control and some health, and with Manaya and some shoulder issues that he had last year. Uh, but he's got you know a hell of a change, and you know he can get a lot of swing and misses from that. And I. I, I think he's for where he's going in drafts, the upside is worth it. It's just command, again, with some of these pitchers, command and just health. But, you know, towards the end of your draft, it's fine. And obviously, you know, you just mentioned Oakland. It's a terrific ballpark, and he's going to have a lot of ballparks in, inside that division that he's going to like going to. Yeah, you saw the stuff in spring training two years ago, but it didn't translate. But he finished really strong, and you, you know, hope you hope that – that uh, moves into 2018, but he might be a year away just from being a totally dominant sort of kid. You know, spoke to him last year, really insightful, smart kid. Uh, I think who knows what his limitations and expectations are, though. I I think, you know, might not start seeing a groove until the second half this year. Okay. Well, then let's talk about another one. Went for $3 in the mixed auction. Yeah. The, the, I think it's uh, for it's fair. somebody, and I understand the concern because of the spring training injury, but everything seems fine now as of today. But last year, this pitcher had a 3.32 ERA. Year before that, 3.32. Year before that, 3.66. Strikeouts around nine per nine, about one per inning for the most part. Been a quality pitcher the past two plus seasons. Even like I said, go back to 2015 with his 3.66, but he got banged up that year pitching for the Athletics. He now pitches for the Red Sox. Everybody, if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Drew Pomerantz. I'm going to go back to similar with the Travis Shaw question, Chris. Is how come nobody wants Drew Pomerantz? I think they're just scared, and I don't know why. People, if they're questioning the talent and the skill, um, that's a mistake because you just you know you just rattled off some numbers. It's a big enough sample size. This guy was on a lot of my teams last year. Took him towards the end of the draft, and I've done it again. And I know that the arm issue has popped up, but everything I've read about Pomeranz is this is normal for him. Yeah, there's been some injuries, some some fluke ones too. I think he broke a hand once with his days at Oakland. But again, for where these guys are going, the upside is there. The K per nine is solid. If he can get about 150 to 170 innings from him and keeps the ball on the ground for the most part, um, so I'm fine with Pomeranz and the strikeout rate. I mean, 23 percent. 
that's that's top twenty five in baseball among qualified arms. So I mean, the strikeouts are there. The potential is is nice. He's got a good defensive team behind him. I like Pomeranz. It's just there is some risk. But with this recent risk, Scott, he's fallen down draft boards. Yeah, he is, and I I, I got to tell you that uh, you know it's really like you know all about health with him, and you know, but he's going into a walk year, which also walks it works in his favor. What are you talking about? Contract year for him. Yeah, that's a myth. Not always. Not always, but it's a myth that it does this is going to do anything. So. I wouldn't necessarily just agree with that. Do you think you can find I've examples run the numbers. on both sides? I think right. you can find examples what... on both sides. I don't think it's a no, sweeping no. generalization, but I would use it more as a you know, something that, you know, could be more of a carrot for him. No, but that's what I'm saying. There are examples on both sides. I've run the numbers for baseball and football. It does no difference. You have just as many people that perform worse as that perform better. Actually, there is more that perform worse. There is some on both sides that perform about equal, and then the ones perform better. So you actually okay. How about this? perform worse. It's an interesting How about this? I got inside word out of Red Sox camp that the, he, is, he is definitely considering that and using it as motivation. You can use it all you want. It doesn't mean you're going to pitch any different. It's, it certainly helps you focus. It motivates you. I don't think it does any more than it does before because this is what I've always said, Scott. Then you're basically telling me that he wasn't performing 100% up until this point. I think he's come to a critical juncture where he might be worried about his future. I think that's and fair I to had... say. I mean, yeah, he's worried about I think it's fair I think it's fair to say that he you know he's worried about his future and this is maybe his mindset of course is going to be a little yeah, bit different exactly. whether that translates or not like he's 100% going to be you know wanting to uh, have a, another productive season um, whether that translate or not maybe he's in his head too much but I've definitely seen it in uh, in you know in other sports I kind of believe in that more in, in hockey and basketball and more kind of individual sports but um, yeah, it's an interesting study the contract years no, I, and I understand what you're saying, but my point is, is the people who say because they're in a contract year, they're going to perform better. I don't think you the, could you could lock it that he's going to perform better. I'm saying, you know, right. it's it's something that's going to motivate him to perform better. Right, and that that's fair. What I'm saying is, and this isn't necessarily coming right after you, Scott. I'm just saying the people in general, like when you say that, I just you as in anybody, somebody says contract year. Right. The assumption is the perform the performance is going to go up because it is a contract year. That's why it we have. Who you're talking about, though? If you're talking about Eric Ebron in the contract on. year, it don't matter. I know. Hold on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. What I'm, my point being is, like we see it every single year. There's articles out there. You can go search them right now. Fancy baseball contract year players. You can when football rolls around. Fancy football contract year players. The entire points of those articles is here's the list of people in their contract year, and. Here's the list of people that should perform better because of that. What I'm saying is you can't do that because it doesn't mean just because you're a contract year does not mean you perform better because there's just as many people that perform worse, just as many people that perform the same that they've always been, and just as many people that do perform better. So what I'm saying is, like, I understand your point. What I'm just trying to make clear to everybody listening, Scott, again, like that, trying to say is don't go with the understanding or don't go out there believing that just because you see a contract year, you're going to get a better season than you've ever seen before. And I agree with that because you've got to judge the players as individuals. If I was sitting yes. here, you know, talking about, uh, let, 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 let's see, I th- think of a baseball player, you, you know, that I, 
I don't want on my team necessarily. Uh, there should be plenty. You know, if I was, I was talking about you know Zach Wheeler in a contract year, I don't know if I'd have have confidence in it. Chris, no, I would agree with that. <laughs> no, yeah. no confidence in Zach Wheeler. What you know, real quick, no. since you brought about what's going on with Zach Wheeler, Scott, is he going to be destined for the bullpen as soon as uh, Vargas is ready? Well, he should be. You know, they I think they really like him in that role. That's that's and the word that I'm getting. And could he be? Yeah, could he be their version of like an Andrew Miller? Uh, I don't think he's quite that dominant. I think they want to find that guy. Like originally, they're thinking maybe Familia can do that from time to time, but they're going to learn quickly uh, that you know they need Familia to end, to end up close with the games. And they have AJ Ramos too, so I don't think there's gonna, maybe there's not going to be an Andrew Miller type in that Mets bullpen. And yeah, the Ramos so is could... a nice addition. Yeah. Yeah. I was, well, I was about to ask that, Chris, and I'll come back to Scott, of course, because this is his team that he covers in person. It's the Mets. Loves that team. So I mean, I love the team, too, but Scott actually gets to go out there and talk to the team player. No, you've run away from them. No, I refuse to support <laughs> the Wilpons is what I've done. I haven't run away from them. I'm not supporting the Wilpons. Two different things. But, Chris, you brought well, you up live in, You live in uh, Virginia anyway. It's not like you can just support the team from there anyhow. No, I can stop buying their merchandise online. I can stop finding a way to go to at least to one game a season. I can tell you that much. When I visit New York, I'm not going. But anyway, Chris, you brought up A.J. Ramos. Both Ramos and Familia have struggled this spring. Familia's not getting strikeouts. Ramos has been banged up. Not banged up, banged up, like hit up. He's been getting hit a lot and giving up a lot of runs. Are you concerned about this bullpen? Uh, there's some concerns, but with, with these two guys, I, I, you know, I've seen enough from them over the past couple of years where I, I kind of take the, the spring with a grain of salt. Uh, you obviously you want to see these guys perform well and be on the top of their game heading into the season. But with Familia, I, I'm, I like him a lot more than Ramos. Ramos, you know, the walks have, have really caught up to him over the past couple of seasons. They've increased now two straight years. He's given up some bombs, some home runs that he normally didn't really give up. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm fine with the bullpen. It, the, the biggest thing with the Mets is, is just health. That's all it is. Like, it really is. You look at the rotation, we've already kind of touched on a little bit. You're talking about Wheeler and Mats, and you can DeGrom stay healthy, you can Syndergaard. It's all – Cespedes, it, it's across the board with this team. It's all health. So, if, I mean, if they can stay healthy – I think we talked about this last week. Jake, I don't even know if you're on. It may have been Scott and I. We are going over-unders with the teams. Like, like I, that over-under, I think it's just – what is it, set in the, in the 80s? It's like that's an upside – that I would take because if this team was healthy, they can get to 85-90 wins. It's just all about health. That's it. That's the only concerns I have. What are your thoughts, Scott? The bullpen. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, I think the bullpen's a lot improved, you know, especially even with Wheeler in there, even though he doesn't want to pitch there. I think it's definitely very improved. You got you got Swarzak if he's healthy too, I think makes a difference. But are you worried about Familia as for a closer for fantasy baseball no, purposes? look at my fantasy baseball insider report on rotoexperts.com, the exclusive edge package. <laughs> you know, excellent points made by a Mets insider saying that, you know, that uh, Callaway is going to quickly learn that that's the best guy that he should have out there closing games. You don't want Jerry Blevins out there at the end. No, of course and you don't. And, and of course, for Familia, I mean, he's going in like 20s, right, Jake? I mean, he's... Yeah, I got him for, for five bucks in Tout Wars. They said he is fired up and, you know, he's rediscovering his split finger and his sinker, and that's what can make him dominant. I think he's one of the better discounts. We're talking about not spending a lot on closers and, and taking five him pretty bucks. high. I think he's one, he's one that actually jumps out to me, you know, on draft day. 
Yeah, it's definitely a value out there. But we'll continue to get values for you guys. Late round pitchers, a lot more for baseball as your draft approaches. Go check out DailyRoto.com as well. You can save 10% for them on top of 10% for us. It's FNTSY, just like the code for us. Get the exclusive edge package. Jake Seeley, Scott Angle, Chris Meany. We'll be back tomorrow. As I said, we're going to get you ready for the baseball season. Have a good one.